Welcome to the WeGoVox podcast. Vox in Latin means voice. And this podcast seeks to hear the many unique voices here at West Chicago High School. Be it our students' ideas, art, music, and their stories, we know that we have spirited voices among our community of Wildcats. I'm Brian Turnbaugh, teacher at West Chicago High School. And this week, I had the pleasure of interviewing class of 2016 senior Leslie Cortez, now, some of you may be among the 27,000 that follow her photography on Instagram. Later in the podcast, students from Sports Rhetoric and Composition, Greg, Mason, and Sean, are going to break down this amazing season of Cam Newton, this NFL's MVP of 2015. Introducing Leslie Cortez, class of 2016. Leslie, could you, how, can you tell me how you started with photography? Okay, so I basically, I don't even know myself, but um, I started getting into it, like, middle school. Like, I wouldn't like taking, like, you know, selfies, but mm-hmm. I like taking pictures of other people. Like, like I like capturing, like, the moment, I guess. And then I got more into it, like, my freshman year with the photography class we had here with, like, Mr. Conroy. And I guess, like, I went from there, like, now... I'm here. <laughs> what was your What was your first camera? Do you remember what it was? I actually had like a point and shoot, and it was like an Olympus, so it was like nothing big. I barely got like my actual like the uh, DSLR last year. Oh, so you so you actually were shooting on film before? Yeah. So help. What was that turnaround like when you would shoot on film? Like you um, would would you would you develop it here at school or would you? Yeah, I would develop it here in school, but it was like getting expensive. So I was like, maybe I should go with digital. <laughs> yeah, I could, I, I, could, I could see that. So when when you were when you were shooting and and you were making all your photos, like what were the type of encouragements that you got along the way like how did you start knowing that like that there's a talent there how did how did that all start um well I am really like hard on myself when it comes to like art but then like I started posting on Instagram and I saw that I was gaining followers I was like oh maybe I'm like decent at this and mm-hmm. then I would get like good comments and then my friends would be like oh you like can you take pictures of me and I'm like I'm actually good like you actually want pictures from me yeah <laughs> tell me more about that how did when did you know that you actually might be pretty good at it. Was there like a, a, did you remember when it was? Was it a a moment, was it as you were shooting or was it when you were coming back and looking at what it looked like on the computer and developing it? When did you think, you know, I might have something here? Um, I think it was like this summer. I actually like, this guy reached out to me. Like he's like, he works for Kiss FM and he reached out to me. He's like, oh, can you take my pictures? And I was like, well, like, somebody, like, decently famous is asking me to take pictures. So that, that was, like, my moment when I was like, wait, like, I'm, I'm actually good. 
How did you fall into the style of photography that you shoot? How and how would you maybe describe it? Um, I guess well, I'm more into like the portrait photography, just because like for like landscape, you can't move things around, and then you have like a model, and you can be like, oh, do this and that, and then it can like mean like different things like poses wise. So I feel like I'm more into like the photography like. I guess fun portraits. Sometimes it can be kind of sad looking. I, <laughs> I kind of still don't have my style, but I'm like falling more into portraits and lifestyle. I mean, I, I follow you on uh, Instagram. It, Mr. Jennings uh, uh, was telling us about you came and visited us uh, at the uh, department meeting uh, yeah. a while back, and he's like, "You got to follow the student. She's so great." And I, and the photos that I see. How do you work with your models? How do you, how are you able to get this really nuanced humanity out of them? Because they can be so handsome and so pretty, and yet sometimes show a lot of just a lot of unique depth to them. What? How do you prompt them to get that response out of them? Because it's very unique. Um, well, I first like I always try to be like comfortable with everybody first, because you know like. You can tell right away when like a model's like awkwardly posed or like if they're just uncomfortable themselves. So then I like I basically just start off and I tell them like do what you want and then I'll go with whatever you're going with and I'll tell you like you know do this do that. And if you're not comfortable with that, then we can just like work around that. Like like you don't have to do whatever you don't want to do. Basically, I know you. So you, there's a couple of things that I've noticed in some themes in your photography is obviously how you're able to make your models feel so comfortable. I mean, that's that's uh, apparent. There's something very, and I mean, I mean this in a very complimentary way, I love your settings. There's something very gritty about them, like some of the abandoned warehouse ones that you've been shooting. How do you select the settings for some of these uh, spots? Um, like settings, like yeah, like camera. where you at? Yeah, no, where you? Sh- I'm sorry, like where you sh- actually are, are shooting some of your um, your models, like because like sometimes it's uh, it was a, it looked like it was in a warehouse or some of these other places. How did you how do you sc- scout these places out? Um, actually, well, I work at the bookstore. Don't tell Mister Wolf, <laughs> but I just look up like places because mm-hmm. um, especially right now because it's like super cold, so I try to stay indoor. And then I found like this website, and it tells you like basically all the abandoned places around here oh wow so like from that like <laughs> yeah i was like oh and then like i went to my first like abandoned place was which was the warehouse like it's in chinatown which is kind of dangerous but mm. i was like oh i want to go here and i was kind of scared at first and then like after that i was like oh i want more like i want to go to more abandoned places uh, there is i've always noticed that there is a there is a beauty in decay you know in these yeah. urban and i know it's, it's hard to articulate but i i, I find that uh, to be uh, very visually resting as as well. So uh, to be clear, photography isn't just about like snapping pictures. And you had mentioned this earlier. You said you're very hard on yourself in in how you approach your standard of of, of quality and, and all of that. Describe your discipline as an artist. Uh, well, like basically, I always try to like get time to shoot, even if it's like an hour. I'm always like okay. I'll, like, make myself a schedule, be okay after school, I'm going to go shoot real quick, and then I have work, and it's basically just, like, I, like, try to take time for it, and then, like, it's just, like, also, like, the editing process, it's, like, getting home, uploading, that can take, like, up to, like, three to four hours, 
How many how many uh, pictures do you upload? At, I mean, how many per session? How many pictures would you say that you upload? Uh, if it's a good day, like four hundred. Wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah. yeah! Wow! That's great. Okay, so I want to kind of talk about what is uh, so uh, so exciting for you, which is I think at last check I saw that you have twenty two thousand followers on Instagram. That's fantastic. What's how, how do you think it exploded? I mean, you must have seen like where it just at one point you had twelve followers. To like, what was where, how did it explode? And um, what's it like to be so well received that any photograph that you put out there is going to be seen by twenty thousand people every day? What's that like? Well, I like um, I first like started like getting noticed like around school. Like my friends are like, "Oh, take my pictures." I was like, "Okay, yeah, that's fine." And then I guess like I don't know how like some big like account on Instagram. Like, it's, like, they quote, like, they put quotes over your pictures or whatever, and they had, like, one million followers, and they, like, reposted one of my pictures and put, like, a quote over it, and then, like, after that, I was just gaining, like, like a lot of followers, and after that, like, there's also, like, accounts that future photography, and I was getting featured, and I was, like, well, what's going on? Like, I was, like, at, like, a thousand followers, now I'm almost at, like, 10k, like, it was kind of crazy, and then, like, well, I guess, like, now, like, it's nice, like, you know, people knowing who I am at times, but sometimes it's, like, they're always, like, take pictures of me, take pictures of me, and I'm just, like, I'm kind of tired right now. <laughs> right, right. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's so easy to do because you, you do have other responsibilities. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. Wow. Now, what advice do you have for, um, like, a fellow wildcats that are maybe thinking about cultivating their artistic side? And, and, and why do you think it's so important to make room for this in your lives? Because that's one of the things that you said, that you, you do try to make sure that you give an hour a day or whatever it is to always hone your craft. What, what else advice would you give to people to maybe activate that artistic side, even if they're not a photographer? <laughs> How, what else would you say? I would have to say just, like, embrace it. Like, even if you don't think you're good, like, somebody out there is going to, like, help you out and improve, like, your artistic side and I, I feel like it's just like you have to like go more with your artistic side because it'll like bring out more opportunities or whatever like yeah you can be smart but like like your creative side is always gonna like help you like achieve more things in the way I don't know how to explain it yeah no I get that <laughs> where do you think you're gonna be in a year five years what, what is, is photography gonna be your life uh, well, I'm actually thinking of going to the Art Institute for school next year, so hopefully that works out. And then, I mean, if I'm doing good with what I'm doing right now, I'm hoping to be, like, a photojournalist or even, like, something, like, top-notch, like, Vogue, like, be their photographer or something. Like, I don't know. Like, I just want to work for, like, a magazine and, like, bring a change to something. Who are your who – who are the photographers that you enjoy – whose work do you follow? Uh, right now, I'm like a big Annie Lubitz photographer, mm-hmm. like photographer fan. I don't know. If, do you know who? Oh she yeah, is? Uh, definitely. Yeah. I do, yeah. And then we share like the same birthday, so I'm just kind of like, well, uh, I'm the mini her maybe. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Someone's got to take go, take the torch. So, yeah. For sure. <laughs> She's like mostly that. Like that's who I follow the most. And then there's like people on Instagram. Of course. Not really well known, but they're somebody. Do you has do you think you would have been pushed artistically 
if Instagram didn't exist? I mean, do you think that that has facilitated your drive because you do see people respond so positively with what you do? I think it would be so different. I don't think I would have as much motivation, I guess, in a way, because like just seeing like the positive feedback, that's what's like keep like making me go or like if I didn't have that I would be like why am I doing this like mm. what am I getting out of it really like yeah. type of thing so where can people follow you on the inter- on Instagram and Facebook <laughs> well I have an Instagram which is hippie with a period before the e so it's h-i-p-p-i period e and then I also have a Facebook page which is just Leslie Cortez photography Awesome. Leslie, thank you so much for this podcast today. No problem. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks. (laughs) The NFL season has concluded, and now we can most definitely say this was not the year of the QB. Tom Brady, cuffed by the allegations of deflate gate, Peyton Manning's numbers have been diminished, and even Aaron Rodgers seemed mortal this season. Yet there was one quarterback that rose above all else, Cam Newton. Now listen to Mason, Greg, and Sean from Sports Rhetoric and Composition discuss what set Cam apart this year. Hello and uh, welcome to the Deb. I am Mason Otswork. I am Sean Flynn. I'm Greg Harris. And today we'll be speaking about Cam Newton and some of his key attributes that make him a top-tier quarterback in the NFL. So, what are some of the key things that he does in the game that help him to be a key player? His size. I think uh, being at 6'5", 245 pounds... Just that's a running back size, but he's quarterback, but he can uh, run the ball very well. He as he has all year. Um, yeah, just his size is huge, and that's a big factor in him running the ball and his arm strength too. His uh, he's obviously very effective in the passing game. Um, he's a big big guy, so he can obviously has a little uh, zip on the ball. So I think that's what uh, makes him most successful. What do you think, Greg? I think that his leadership with the team, he's like makes a big impact with uh, Kelvin Benjamin being injured and him only having Ted Ginn, which is not really – I wouldn't put him in the top ten as wide receiver, so you would have to say that Cam is doing pretty well this year. Not well, but pretty great. So Cam doesn't really have any very high-tier offensive weapons on his team? I mean, he is uh, Jonathan Stewart. I mean, he's a pretty good running back. I'd say, um, and his defense. Oh man, his defense. He has Luke Keekley, Harper, yeah. Tillman before he got hurt. Uh, they recently got uh, Cortland Finnegan, who's been doing pretty decent, and Josh. Everyone knows about Josh Norman. What are some of his like achievements that he's achieved throughout his football career? Not only in the NFL, but also in college. Um, he was, I believe, a top 10 recruit coming out of high school. Um, Heisman, national championship with Auburn, rookie of the year in 2011, NFL MVP, three-time Pro Bowler. There's only was two games in his career and obviously is uh, playing for the Super Bowl next week. 
Um, and what's this thing called? The dab? Well, it's a trending dance. Mostly started, like, it got popular by a group called Migos. And um, recently, a bunch of athletes have been doing this for celebrating. And a lot of, like, kids look, a lot of kids have been doing it, seeing their favorite, like, players do it. Okay, okay. What, do you just put your head into your elbow? It's basically like you're about to sneeze and you just... Just do it without sneezing. Okay, yeah, without, I can do that. The noise, you know. And I've heard sometimes in his like post game, he's got some like funky, just crazy outfits. Would you get? Would either of you like to elaborate on that? Yeah, um, he's often like, I mean, he wears like, like on his way to Super Bowl, like he was wearing like some zebra pants and like a foxtail. Yeah. yeah, I think I saw a picture of him with the zebra pants on. And. I mean, some stuff that you've, like, never seen is, like, he wore, like, a camo, like, suit, like, a camo tux. Like, you don't really see that from, like, other athletes. So, I would kind of say that his fashion style is pretty unique. I think his clothes cost more than my whole life. Wow. That is a large statement, Sean. Okay, Sean Flynn. Hmm. Do you like the fact that he gives away footballs after his touchdowns? I love it. Um... Obviously, little kids, it's a dream for them to have the, one of the best quarterbacks in the league run up to him after a touchdown and find a football. And sometimes, like I remember earlier in the year when they played the Green Bay Packers, Julius Peppers ripped the ball out of Cam Newton's hands, gave it to the ref, and Cam Newton chased down the ref to give the ball to a kid. So I think uh, that uh, says a lot about his personality. Okay. You also see him before games talking to some of the kids on sidelines. Like, there was a video talking – of him talking to a kid that had cancer, which really touched my heart and stuff like that, because not all athletes are like, like that outgoing. Yeah. Start, yeah. And I, it really seems that like he's one of the athletes that like actually like gives back and stuff like that. And honestly, it's just, like I think it's amazing that like I think he's professional off, like off the field and on the field. So he goes out of his way to make people's lives happier just because he plays the sport. Yep. I think so. And he has a, he just loves it. I mean, he, I think yeah, nothing he, nothing makes him happier than putting a smile on a kid's face. He always just has the biggest smile ever on his face. Yeah. And you uh, every time you see it on TV, the camera goes to the kid's face and they're just yeah, it's ecstatic. It's definitely going to remember for the rest of their lives. Receiving a football, like that's insane. From a touchdown, like a touchdown, not just like a football, like a game, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Um, so I think that pretty much sums up our boy Cam Newton. He's goes out of his way to make people's lives happier. One of the better quarterbacks going to be putting his face up on there, taking some old quarterbacks down because he'll be paving the way for the new age of football. Thanks for joining us in this first episode of We Go Vox podcast. If you have any ideas or want to contribute a story yourself, stop by Room 180 or email me at podcast at d94.org.